Think for a moment. You're packing for a trip. You're going with a group. And you can't pack all that much. The leader of the group has said, everything you take must fit in your carry-on bag because there will be no checking of bags or waiting in more lines at the baggage claim or risking that they lose your bag altogether. While you carefully put into your bag everything that you think that you will need, invariably something is left out or forgotten altogether. An umbrella, your toothbrush, a razor, one shoe. And the infamous cell phone charger. <laughs> While we know that we can't pack everything all the time, Jesus' parable in today's gospel is urging us to remember what is important to pack and how not to get caught short. The story says that ten virgins look, took their lamps with them to meet the bridegroom. Now in the Jewish tradition at the time of Jesus, these would be the ten bridesmaids, okay? The ten bridesmaids would go out and wait for the bridegroom to come to the wedding venue, okay? For all of those of you who have friends who are getting married outside the Catholic Church, they're always hunting for the most beautiful venue. That's a whole other story and a whole other homily. So of these 10, the wise have packed enough oil for the wedding to start whenever the groom arrives. The foolish only have enough oil for their, listen to this, their perceived timetable. You're going to do it on my time, not the groom or the bride's time. The foolish ones think they are wise. After all, they did have oil in their lamps, sure, they fell asleep, but then so did the wise ones. However, the wise are well-packed, well-equipped for their task, regardless of how long or short the wait might be. Jesus is reminding us about our own spiritual journey no matter how long or short a stay it might be, to be ready, prepared, to be well-packed. You see, this is a sobering parable, as there does come a point in time when it is too late to get into the wedding feast. Scholars point out, that the bridegroom represents the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whether we are talking about the end time or the end of the world or just our own end of our earthly existence because we didn't look both ways, stepped off the sidewalk and stepped right into the path of a, a metro bus. 
or I think more often now it's the, the train down in the center of the city. They get one about once a month. It is a reality that we would most often rather not discuss or face. Now I have to tell you a little story. When you get to my age, we all are more focused on the hereafter, on the hereafter. We're in our favorite chair, we're watching TV, watching a ball game, whatever. And we get up out of our favorite chair, walk from there into the kitchen, and when we get into the kitchen, we just stand there and wonder, what am I hereafter? Yeah, been there, done that, huh? Yeah, what am I? hereafter. All too often, the circumstances of our lives will force us to confront such mysteries as death and our own mortality, natural disasters, disease, and our own human finitude threaten and take us and our loved ones every day. It could be a hurricane, could be all sorts of things, maybe even war. Something takes those that we have loved far too soon. November is the month in the liturgical calendar of the church that the church reserves to remember and honor those who have gone before us marked with the sign of faith. Think for just a minute. We had All Saints Day. We had All Souls Day. We invited you to bring pictures of those that you love so that we could place them on the wall of remembrance. And just yesterday, we remembered those who gave their lives that we might have the freedoms that we experience in these United States. Such occasions can also be great opportunities to ready ourselves to see just how well we are packing. We hear St. Paul exhort the Thessalonians and he reminds them and us to pack beginning with hope. He says that death will cause us to grieve, but we do not grieve as those who have no hope, we hope in God and in the kingdom he has waiting for us and for our loved ones. But you see, the time to get ready for that is now. We don't have control over when we will leave this earth, unless we plain do something stupid. The very real fact exists that some of us here today may not be alive this time next year. We don't know. In spite of our best laid plans, we really have no control over it. It's okay to think about death, 
but we don't have to obsess over it. This does not mean that we should have morbid thoughts or get hung up on it or focused on it to the dismissal of other things as well. It's rather a call to action, a way of life. There is a sense of urgency at the heart of this parable that calls us to get to know Christ as well as we can right now, today, and then trust that he will recognize us when we come to those doors, when we come to those gates, and that he will save us. At first glance, it appears that the problem with the five foolish virgins is that they didn't bring enough oil for their lamps. However, we hear that the real reason for their exclusion from the wedding feast is that they did not have a personal relationship with the bridegroom. They came back from shopping at a 24-hour, you know, oil or us or something, I don't know what the uh, first century version of a stop and rob is, but they went and got some oil and came back. The doors were locked. The groom came to the gates. He didn't recognize them. This gospel is hardly about stocking up supplies. It is about building up and maintaining a relationship, a reservoir of faith and hope in Jesus Christ that will sustain us during our inevitable periods of waiting. It is about keeping our lamps burning brightly with the slow burning oil of faith and hope and love. This oil preserves our lamps so that they don't burn out because things didn't go as we had planned or didn't happen as fast as we might like. We can choose to be prepared. We are to fill our internal lamps with the oil of hope and love that comes from faith in Jesus Christ. You know, as Catholics, we don't talk a lot about having a personal relationship with the bridegroom, who is Jesus Christ. We, um, we kind of leave that to the Protestants, uh, you know, maybe to the Baptists. Maybe we need to put on the sign out there in front, uh, West Chase First Baptist Church, because I talk about it today. But Jesus calls us to have a personal relationship with him, not that, you know, we get caught up in a, on a bus, taking us to the gates, and then we just get off with a crowd and kind of hope to God we can sneak through between a couple of people who were actually living really good lives. No. We are called to have a deep and abiding personal relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. 
don't leave that to the Protestants. It was ours long before they came on the map of Christianity. Thinking about appearing before God, start by packing now. It's all carry on. Keep oil in your lamp and keep enough of it. How can we do this? How should we pack? Well, Jesus showed us. And before Christmas, before Christmas, reconcile with family members that you may be out of connection with. Forgive that person that hurt you. Let go of those petty concerns and old ways of the world. Put on Christ and love others. Show compassion. Take advantage of the wonderful gift of the sacrament of reconciliation that relieves the heavy burden of past mistakes or poor decisions that we have been carrying sometimes for a good part of our lives. Spend the rest of whatever time we have left here on earth seeking God and finding Christ in everyone we meet. Let your lamp burn brightly on the slow burning oils of faith and hope and love for everyone to see. You see, our lives do have eternal consequences. The maidens couldn't borrow any more oil at the end of the parable. Such would be like dying and then turning to someone, say you, there's a bus going to the pearly gates and you're on the bus and you see somebody right ahead of you and you know they lived a really, really good life. It's like bumping into them and saying, hey, can I borrow a little of your goodness? I'm not sure I can get in on my own account. We have to have it in our lives. C.S. Lewis summed it up most eloquently in these words. All your life, an unattainable ecstasy has hovered just beyond the grasp of your consciousness. You see, we're all born with an, an innate desire to be with God for eternity. That's heaven. The day is coming, he writes, when you will wake to find beyond hope that you have attained it. Mm -hmm. Or else, that it was always within your reach, but you never quite got it. And you have lost it forever. This is not a gospel of doom and gloom. How could it be? The very word gospel means good news. We sometimes lose focus, lose energy, and are not as prepared as we ought to be. Jesus reminds us of how much God wants to restore and renew us and how much he wants to be with us. Be with us. He offers us grace to live the way he has shown us. 
He is reminding us of those things which are most important in life and saying, don't leave home without them. Kind of like the old commercial for the American Express card. Don't leave home without them. Sometimes we do lose sight of Jesus in our lives. In the face of everything else that might be going on, let us not be distracted. Let your lamps burn brightly for all the world to see, and we will see God. And maybe more importantly, God will see us. We're preparing for Advent. You can kind of feel it in these gospel lessons. I hope you can feel it a bit of it in my homily, because, you know, there's two foci for Advent. There's one is the focus of Jesus coming back at the end of time, and the other focus is his coming at Christmas. And our culture has lost the first one. Uh, it's not even part of the, con of the conversation. We're all just getting ready for Santa Claus. Mm -mm. No. No, we're getting ready for Jesus to come at the close of time. That's the first theme, the first focus of Advent. We prepare to welcome Jesus in our midst through the Mass, through the Eucharist, through the Lord's Supper. Let us continue to build our friendship with God and with one another, trusting in the grace and the power and the mercy of Jesus Christ, who through his death and resurrection has us all well packed and prepared for eternal life. Amen.